0: I'm joined by Rob Nickel, co-founder and CMO of Chipsboard. Thank you so much for joining me, Rob.
1: Uh, No worries, thanks for having me. It's uh, exciting to be able to talk about some uh, some sustainability.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm always excited to talk about some sustainability. So the the way I like to start is just by asking kind of a broad question about um, what problem do you and and the team at Chipsboard solve? So
1: Chipsboard, we solve the problem and sort of the quite broad problem of uh, plastic pollution and uh, resources going to waste. Mm-hmm. So we produce a um, a range of, so we call ourselves material innovators. So we don't say that we have one product as of now, but we uh, we explore to create materials that can replace current plastics. So we have some bioplastics that we're working on and these are made using we don't. We don't like using the word waste, but we say byproduct from food industry. So things that might otherwise go to waste, yeah. Uh, we can use these to create a uh, a product that replaces petrochemical plastics while giving value and use to an otherwise useless feedstock.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I, I was speaking with someone else who does something similar. They, uh, except they they take uh, as you call it byproduct and turn it into basically yarn to make clothing out of well they, they also prefer not to call it waste uh they see it as a as an unused resource uh, or a mismanaged resource basically uh and, and it's amazing so you, essentially what you're doing is replacing like you, you said a petrochemical so plastic made of like the standard plastic made of oil yeah and by doing that what i guess what's the um are you more focused on the reducing the waste Side or is it more about making it um, you know like so that it it degrades or, or is compostable, or is it kind of a combination of the two?
1: It's definitely a combination of the two so um to sort of take take you back to sort of how the company was sort of established myself, yeah. and my kinda Rowan, uh, we both studied design, we still consider ourselves designers, and we did a lot of 3d 3d building 3 d design, and actually it became increasingly aware to the both of us that through our design practice, we were using huge quantities of material, not just to create the products themselves, but the offcuts and the trims and everything we weren't using to create the products. So actually Mm -hmm. the company came from this desire to explore other material options and really evolved from, from a problem. We always say that we're problem solvers at Chipsboard, so most directions... That we take stem from trying to find another solution to a problem that we're having
0: absolutely and 3d printing is so cool uh it, are you able to 3d print with the with the plastic that you make
1: there's lots of future potential with the plastics that we make so it um, the plastic that we create is a thermoplastic so initially it'll be in pellet form so it's ideal for injection molding which um i would say we're really passionate about injection molding because actually it's quite a sustainable way of producing because you don't have any offcuts. You only use the amount of plastic you need to create that part.
0: Ah, uh, um, I see. So j- just to uh, just so I can understand, just um, take a step back. So the offcuts, that happens if you have like a sheet of plastic or something and you have to basically cut it out to make a shape.
1: Exactly. But with injection molding, you get the exact amount of material that you need. You shove it into a mold and um, there's, a, there's often sprues. So the best way to see it is an airfix kit. So there's often the sprues and the connections that hold the part together. But mm. actually, a lot of the time, they can be cut up, reground within the same facility. So it's quite a circular actually manufacturing process in itself.
0: So all, all of this is uh, what's called bioplastics, right? That means that it's made from, from actual biological stuff. Yes. So, I mean, what, what, what is it made from?
1: So we've, we've, we started with uh, potato waste and we still use potato waste. <laughs> um, so a connection that we had very early on and, uh, and a partnership that we're, we're really proud of is that we work with McCain so they're one of the largest potato processors globally I'm sure most people have a, a bag of chips or smileys or an authentic product they create in their freezer somewhere but uh, we work with them and we use everything they don't use to create their products and we can we can create materials from that so it's we're not using anything that has a purpose go in, 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 into production so actually the what we are using is truly a byproduct. it's uh we're not skimming some of the useful stuff from that
0: right so it's not like you're taking food uh, it's not like you, you would take something that would would have been food and turning it into a bioplastic you're taking the stuff that would have been would it just have been thrown away or where would it go
1: so that's a really, uh, really interesting question, and something that we're really excited about. So, traditionally, this uh, feedstock goes to very low-grade animal feed. So it's normally used as a bulker because mm. actually the nutritional value of this animal feed is extremely low. Mm. Actually, what we we can do is we take that byproduct. We can put it through our process, but there's also parts of that feedstock that we can't use in our process. So once we've taken what we need. We can actually continue what we don't use into the same stream. And what we don't use actually is a much more refined animal feed, which is actually better for the animals in the long run anyway. So actually we can actually plug into a current logistics system, which is factory byproduct to animal feed. We can valorize part of that byproduct to create our materials, but then still maintain the uh, that 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 sort of that feed. So we're not taking away actually anything from one industry or another
0: that's really cool why potatoes specifically i mean that's uh, i would have never thought to make plastic out of potatoes
1: so um there's a few reasons why potatoes there is the very early reason which was as a designer i was doing some very strange products around potatoes seeing what you could use them for outside of food so making potato prints and things like that, like you, you would have done when you were a child. Yeah. Um, but actually looking into materials and uh, alternative materials, potatoes are, come up a lot in literature around uh, potato plastic. So there's a lot of children's activities and uh, science experiments you can do around starch-based plastics that utilise potato starch. Um, and this seemed like a fantastic starting point for myself and my co-founder Rowan especially because Ron at the time throughout university was working as a chef that had access to a lot of potato pills that were coming from his kitchen. Obviously petrochemical plastics are phenomenal. We never say chips board that we hate plastics. We just think that it's how we use plastics which is fundamentally wrong. So single-use plastics and plastics that are really undervalued clearly need to be addressed, but if you look into plastics involved within uh, machinery, surgical applications, as a, as a family of materials, plastics are phenomenal. But uh, at Chipsboard, we want to make sure that where the plastic doesn't need to have the conditions of petrochemical plastics, we can replace that to ensure that we still have the products that we need, but they are biodegradable, they're recyclable and overall responsible.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. That's something that I think um, maybe sometimes misunderstood is that plastic is uh, it's an unbelievable material there's so much you can do with it and and uh, it's it's really sturdy it's durable it lasts forever which has a good and bad side to it it's the throwaway culture aspect of of plastic that's where the real issue is and if you're able to somehow redesign the way people use plastic like for for those kind of things as in like milk cartons or um, i mean everyone hates straws so if you can find alternatives to to that that makes sense but the actual material itself is is very powerful.
1: Exactly. So um, I know if a doctor, if, if I had to have a new heart valve put in, and the doctor said it was biodegradable plastic, I might maybe take a second look because I don't know how how that'd work. But obviously, I can yeah. rest assured that what they use in those applications are incredibly versatile plastics that will last forever, especially as long as I'd be around. Yeah. Um, but you you raised a really good point around packaging as well because what we do at chipsport is we. We actually, we're not looking at packaging. So again, single use is something that we don't really want our, our materials to be used within, not because we don't think there is a need, because there's an overwhelming need to look at the plastic issue within single use. Yeah. Actually, we don't think that our material is the solution. So there are some fantastic companies making, like, like I mentioned earlier, starch-based plastics that are very easily biodegradable. Um or paper, or uh, there are other things we can do when it comes to single-use materials. Where we see our materials being used are things that have a a life based around trend and around the lifespan of the product being designed within it. So, people that know um, of chipsboard already and have seen some of the work we do may see that we've done some collaborations within fashion. So, looking at spectacles and buttons. And these are really interesting because when you look at a pair of glasses, you may own them for five to 10 years, mm-hmm. but then you may decide that the style is wrong, the trend is wrong, you want to get a new pair. And actually, we allow this to happen. So our materials are fantastic for products that need to be able to live a life. But when you're finished with that material, we can ensure that they are disposed of responsibly.
0: So in terms of, um, in terms of the types of uh clients you have or are planning to have it's all uh is it primarily directed at fashion or there's a much broader application to it
1: so i think we've had incredible amount of draw from fashion and that actually comes from the amount of pressure that i think society has put on that specific industry as yeah. historically they've been seen as really the bad person in material use and consumption. Um, and we we love the fact that we're speaking to companies and playing products with companies within the industry. However, that doesn't mean we're restricted to that. Mm. So we're also talking to people within interior design, architecture, as I mentioned, electronic consumer hardware. Um, so there's lots, of, um, there's lots of elements that we can really explore because, like I say, it's a plastic. And anything that you make out plastic and as long as the performance that you require matches our material, you can make with our material.
0: So you, you can recycle your own plastic?
1: So um, so our plastic, it's a thermoplastic, it is recyclable, but it's recyclable at the moment with an asterisk above the, above the name. Um, and that's purely because governments and councils are really struggling, but they are beginning to try to understand what bioplastics are and how we can best deal with them post-use. So a lot of the time, bioplastics, if they entered the recycling stream currently, they would be seen as contaminants rather than a plastic that can be recycled. Right. And um, this is quite evident with a lot of the cups that we receive on, um, from day to day on coffee cups that say, this is biodegradable. Yeah. Actually, those coffee cups are industrially biodegradable. So if you buried them in, the gar- in your garden or put them in your food waste, they wouldn't go anywhere because they require industrial conditions to... To degrade that material. So, really, we're sort of looking for legislation and government to make up their mind about how they want to perceive bioplastics and actually invest in the infrastructure to be able to handle these bioplastics to uh, get best use from materials that people like um, Chitzboard and and our competitors are producing. We, We are very aware about the end of life with our product and how we can make sure that we are impacting the planet as little as possible.
0: What does end of life of your product, what what does that statement mean exactly?
1: So when I talk about the end of life, it's really, it begins with a product being, or someone deciding that a product has fulfilled its use or is no longer needed to fulfill its use. So I go back to the example of a pair of glasses. Glasses. It could either be that they have broken, so I need to get a new pair and dispose of that pair, or I've decided that actually maybe the prescription's gone and there isn't a way to replace the lens, or the fact I just want a new pair of glasses because maybe it's been five, ten years and they don't suit me anymore. Right. So that's the that's what I mean by sort of the end of life for a product, and then it goes on to how I can then best make sure that those. Glasses don't end up in waste, so if it's a biodegradable material or recyclable material, which is the best stream to put that in to ensure the smallest input or effect it has on the planet?
0: I saw that you're you're aiming for cradle to cradle certification. Yeah. Um, what is cradle to cradle? Because normally it's cradle to grave, isn't it?
1: Yes. Yeah, so uh, so cradle grave is so uh, we we see that's quite linear. So mm-hmm. that's very start and finish. Cradle to Gradle is this understanding that a lot of people are speaking about now which is true circular economy which is there's is never actually an end point to what we do so we once we develop the plastics from our waste stream if they are biodegraded they can go back into compost to then regrow crop which can then go back into our into our, our stream which is truly circular um, Obviously, with recycling, it's less circular because less likely to get back to the beginning of that loop. But if it, with with the compostable end of life option, it means that actually it's it can be a, a complete circle without any deviations within that.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. So that that's just that's classic circular economy. I think waste is just such an interesting place to work in, and and such an interesting uh, place, uh, such an interesting opportunity, specifically because there's always waste. Waste will never, never go away. And at least in our society, you almost always companies, especially, and people too. I mean, we, everyone needs to pay to dispose of the waste, uh, because there's, there's sometimes so much of it. You you don't want it next to you. It's expensive and, and really time consuming to take it from your facility, uh, to, you know, a tip or a landfill. And, I think it's, there's just so much opportunity for companies, especially going back to that circular economy aspect, there's so much opportunity to take that kind of endless waste stream, it's just constant, and find all these little opportunities to turn that into something else. And many times, I, I've spoken with other companies that are using waste to create their own products. And sometimes these companies actually get paid to take that waste because it's it's cheaper than than having a, a waste company actually remove it and taking it to landfill. Um, so I, I actually find using waste a really exciting opportunity, and I, I think there should be a lot more of it.
1: Well, waste is fantastic, and it's this—the word itself is fantastic, and that's why it's really strange to not use it and actually use byproducts because both are correct. So waste is this phenomenal word with that hard t at the end which makes people really sort of consider it and actually yeah. really hard the idea of waste um because it is something we want to talk about as as a company because fundamentally a lot of what we do use is considered a waste however as soon as someone finds a use for that a use for that it can't be considered waste anymore because it needs to be seen as a resource as an opportunity and actually being in the this biomaterial space, especially in London, but uh, around Europe in the, over the last couple of years, it's incredible. It's this, it's this sense of, it's made from what? Which you get yeah. from not just us, but loads of people. We go to these events and we see tens and tens and tens of companies that make materials, either fabrics or non-woven yarns or incredible things from incredible things yeah and that actually makes you really think that is there anything that can't be utilized to create an, uh, something else and is it just um industries putting up these walls and not giving access to these things that is the issue actually if everyone was honest about the waste they had someone might come along and say hey i can use that and i will make x from that um it's uh, interesting to think how that might Go if people are lot more open with the amount of waste they were producing.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's when you when you put it that way, it's like if you could put on some magic glasses. Uh, going back to these to glasses and and kind of see any waste product or waste uh stream and just see actually here's a potential use for that there's a potential use for that and like you said basically absolutely anything that's ever created uh there's almost always a bright byproduct to it if you're able to turn that into something uh, you'd never have to use the worst word waste again everything becomes a resource and if you can make money from uh, a byproduct that would have otherwise just been thrown away or gone to something that's like like animal feed um That's a that's tremendous.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think, and it's really, and I really, really want to push the idea of being open about the waste you have because someone would be able to use it. For example, I can't count the amount of companies that we see now and everyone sees now making things from ocean plastic.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Ocean plastic has been a problem for tens of years, but because over the last, say, five ten years, because of Blue Planet it's been at the front of media in terms of sustainability. All of these companies that now realise the amount of waste that is in the ocean, and they see that as an opportunity to take that and create products from it. So if a company doesn't let you know what waste streams they have or what byproducts they have that you could potentially use, no one would know if they could have a use or not. One thing that um, has been fantastic is McCain has been very open with the, the fact that it's been a problem for them for the last 50 years that they've been manufacturing that actually finding a solution to valorize or use their their byproduct from from food manufacturing is something they openly look for so they've been a fantastic partner in terms of really addressing it as a problem and seeing our solution as Exactly that a
0: solution. Yeah, I think that's that is really important. I've, I've never even considered about that open openness of discussing what waste products you have. Uh, it seems like that's truly the first step. Uh, so, what's next? I mean, are you going to be sticking with potatoes for the foreseeable future? Are you looking into other potential bio uh, by, byproducts that you can turn into bioplastics?
1: So actually, the so I can't go too much into exactly what other feedstocks we are using, but um... No, something we're doing at the moment is looking at other feedstocks because it isn't just potatoes, it is other feedstocks that we can use to create these bioplastics. Um, and actually, we may be able to use other feedstocks to improve these bioplastics along with things we're currently doing. so the it's really it's really exciting. So working with companies that are m- moving this otherwise seen food waste around and seeing if we can access this these streams to Create plastics from it is extremely exciting for us the The amount of waste that we have, not just in the uk but globally is a considerable considerable amount, and especially looking at not to slander any 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 uh, of our competitors, but a lot of the bioplastics that we see that for example, the tops of coffee cups and 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 the like are actually made from a uh, crop that are grown to produce plastics. so while they're plastics made from uh, plant plants those plants are grown for that purpose and we see that as a slightly confused com- confused process when there's so much actually feedstock which is seen as a waste that you could produce plastics from why would you grow more plants more uh more food to create a plastic I'm, 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 i mean it's a challenge obviously uh, using a waste stream is a lot more challenging than using a a lovely clean, controlled crop that right. you can grow. But um, part of that challenge is what is what makes Chipsboard special and makes um, what we are doing special. So it's something that we truly believe and we are behind and uh, we're confident that some really exciting things will come from it.
0: Yeah, well, it, it seems like you're off to a really, really good start. And uh, as we're, we're starting to wrap up here, I'm really, um, one question I'd love to ask more as, as inspiration for me is uh, aside from, you know, solving this Challenge and, and reducing plastic pollution. Uh, what do you personally do on a kind of like a day to day level, uh, whether it's at home or at work, to be environmentally friendly?
1: Well, isn't that the million dollar question? <laughs> um, I have this conversation constantly with people about the sense of not being able to win because there's obviously you might make a sustainable uh, decision which is in another way unsustainable or maybe it's bad for a different purpose. Um, I think I and all of our team have really converted to things like we don't use plastic bags. We use reusable uh, coffee cups and reusable water bottles, um, which are things that everyone can do without changing really anything. Uh, you don't have to change your they say habits just to put some reusable cutlery in your bag when you go out uh, for the day with, for meetings. And then it's just really down to trying to do as much research as you can before purchasing. So for example, yeah. if you're buying a, a pair of shoes, do you look at buying a leather pair of shoes, which may last 20, 30 years? I know there's some brands out there which I won't say name of, but they are known for lasting considerable lengths of time, but are made from leather. But then again, obviously, leather is often seen as a, as a, as a bad product. So do you go for a, virgin, uh, a vegan leather, which is made from a plastic-based material, which you could argue is... Uh, battle planet and it wouldn't last as long. So, you may have to buy more pairs in the time that, that one pair would last. So, it really is a minefield and it's just about making informed decisions day to day, which we try to do to our best abilities.
0: And it sounds like what you're saying is sometimes there isn't a correct choice because, uh, yeah, like with leather versus plastic, they each come with their own carbon footprint, they each come with their own uh, potential uh, negative uh, environmental impact.
1: Exactly, and and if uh, if I can use this opportunity to sort of um, maybe maybe plug what we're doing at Chisfold, we are also always looking for people to support what we're doing. So actually, if people are seeing how they can maybe help companies doing things like what we're doing, we are always looking for investment. We're always looking for support, people to use our materials. So actually, if you're if you're a practitioner and looking to change the materials you're using, or just someone that wants to back company like ours, we're always happy to have these conversations and see how we can move forward.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's crucially important. Absolutely, and and that's a big part of why I I started this podcast in the first place is to really get you know stories like chips boards out uh, because I think what you're doing is fantastic. And the way I I like to think of you is you're you're a sustainability champion. You're working hard to heal the planet and and move. Our uh, overall, you know, moving the needle over to uh, environmentally environmentally beneficial. And people can support in in a variety of different ways. It's not just planning ahead and then, like you said, um, you know, bringing cutlery with you when you're going on meetings. I, it's also crucially investing uh, in companies that are doing great things. It's purchasing from companies that are doing great things. and ultimately, I think, consumers have a lot of power and um where where people end up spending their money is where the market tends to go
1: exactly and i'd, I'd like to add especially sort of the the events has happened over the last couple of weeks with the sort of the, the coronavirus I've, and apologies for bringing it out because i'm sure it's everywhere <laughs> uh, i think really if we try and see a positive from the situation is really what are the most important things that we need to be considering obviously it has brought a lot of things to the forefront which people need to begin to consider but I would hope that in a time like this people would consider what is the most important thing and hopefully sustainability doesn't actually get sort of put on a back burner due to these issues and I actually hope that it's strengthened because at a time like this people are understanding how can we help the planet, help ourselves actually be better. So uh, I, I think that stability should actually sort of come from current situation a lot stronger than it currently is while people reflect on what's important.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point. And there are some, some studies that I've, or some articles I've read actually, which are saying that basically because of the way that we're treating the planet, it's sort of unlocking these kinds of viruses and, and diseases that would have otherwise just been sort of, self-contained within a forest, a large forest, for example. Um, so I think it is really important to consider the environment now more than ever.
1: And if nothing else, that's the plot to an end like Shyamalan, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, yeah, there's, uh, it's, very, it's quite a dramatic situation that we're, we're looking at right now and seeing. Um, so in terms of if, if someone wanted to support you or learn more about the work you're doing and find out any updates about next steps, from Chips board, where can where can people go to actually see all of that?
1: Um, so, we only really have one, one point of call because it's a lot easier to manage. But uh, mm-hmm. if you go to our website, there is a. You um, will be prompted to sign up to our mailing list. And we make people very aware that this isn't a weekly bugging you mailing list. It's a, this is the important things and the important announcements that we will announce through that. So, we always urge people to sign up to that if they can and if they would like to. But if they'd like to get in touch personally through our website, also there's a submissions which actually goes directly to me. A lot of people think it goes to a robot, but uh, that'll go directly to me and I can answer any questions that people may have, how people might be able to get involved, how they might uh, be able to get involved with investing. And, yeah, we, like I say, we never turn away an email. We never don't answer an email. um, And we just love hearing from people that are trying to make a difference and uh, trying to help the planet in, in a good way.
0: That's awesome. And the, and the website is uh, chipsboard.com. Yeah, so
1: it's uh, www.chipsboard.com, all one word.
0: What is the, uh, you, the name of the company is Chips and uh, Board, two separate words, and the S has the square brackets around it. Yes. What is that?
1: So um, the name really derives from a material that we were producing before plastic. So very early on, we were producing a, it was just a, a panel material, which was close to chipboard um so that's where the name came from it was a play on words with chipboard um so chips board was both chips being the uh from potatoes right um but also the that when you put a square bracket around a letter it means that, that letter can be both there and not there simultaneously so mm-hmm. it, was, it was chipboard but made from potatoes and it was a uh, sort of just stemmed from that but we uh as we've grown we've we've definitely grown to love the name and it's something that uh, we get asked about constantly, but we don't plan on changing anytime soon.
0: Yeah, I think it's cool. It's a, it's a great conversation starter. And I, uh, when I first saw it, I, I assumed for some reason. And I, I
1: well, I think it makes
0: sense why I assumed that that S also stands for sustainability, and you're kind of highlighting that part of it.
1: Yes. Yeah, so we also uh, so that when we uh, we're making a chipboard alternative, we say we put the we put the sustainability in, in chipboard, and nice. uh, that was definitely a. Um, Definitely a sort of a visual to be able to represent that.
0: Yeah, that's a really cool way to do it.
1: I will just point out that there isn't the square brackets around the website though. So it's, yes, good point.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah just well, a ch- chips board Yeah, um, spelled the way it sounds with no special punctuation. There, just chipsboard.com. Um, well, cool, Rob. Thank you very much for your time. I think the work you're doing is fascinating, and it sounds like you're off to an amazing start. Uh, I can't wait to see where this takes you and and to to see your products in a variety of use cases all over the world, hopefully.
1: No, thank you for having me. I think um, platforms like this are hugely important and I'm uh, I'm honored to be invited to actually be able to speak on uh, on it. So yeah, no, thank you for awesome. having
0: me. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for the kind words. Um, great. And yeah, take care and um, yeah, stay healthy with everything that's floating around right now.
1: <laughs> and you. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you very much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, give us a five-star rating. And also, please subscribe, whether on your podcast app or on YouTube. And that way you can be the first to know about new episodes. Thank you very much and talk to you soon.